considering a donation to Rightly Dividing the Word. Whatever method you choose, thank you for supporting the work of the podcast Rightly Dividing the Word. We are committed to stewarding all gifts wisely toward the goal of proclaiming the holiness of God to as many people as possible. We take seriously our God-given responsibility to be a wise, honorable steward of every donation we receive. Welcome back to the podcast again this week. Uh, It's really exciting to be with you on this episode as we are really going to take a look at what does it mean to be reformed or what is reformed Christianity? Because I've been getting this question more and more. uh, Why is the Christian reformed? Uh, Is it just John Calvin or is it Martin Luther that you seek after? Is it really the word of God that we are seeking to understand with a clear understanding? Now, I'm going to be able to help you understand that today uh, as we dig into this topic I really want to start out with uh, a prayer just to get us into the study. Heavenly Father, I would ask that you would allow us to understand your word more deeply, that we may see the truth of the gospel message and see the truth, that we must renew our minds daily in your word and not in just the church and just behind the pulpit, that we may do that privately that we would ask for the Holy Spirit to come upon us and help us to understand your word, Lord, that the Spirit may be living in us, that we would be Spirit-filled, as that is your will, that we be saved and sanctified. We would ask for those things, Lord, in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, let's get to the topic here. So, really, it came out of the five solos, but before we even get there, I want to really look at and give you a definition that I think explains a little bit better. That being reformed is the process of bringing religious practices and beliefs back into line with the Word of God. And really, the Old Testament portrays Israel as requiring reformation at several points in her history. And God's people continue to need to review their beliefs and their practices in light of God's Word. That's really why we say reformed and why we want to be reformed. Uh, Now, we're going to look at scripture today, but I want to start with what's called the five solas. So the first one is sola gratia, or gratia, which means grace alone. Now, in Ephesians 1, 7, uh, chapter 1, verse 7, we see that it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Okay, grace alone. And then we have sola fide, which really means faith alone. And we see that out of Romans chapter 3, uh, verse 28. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Ephesians chapter 2, uh, 8 through 9. So we had Romans three twenty-eight. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. And then we have Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 9 that say, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of your works, so that no one may boast. And then we have solas Christos, or Christos. I say Christos. Uh, John fourteen six. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, Christ alone. 
Acts chapter 4, verses 12, And there is salvation in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, Christ alone. And then we have sola or sola dea gloria, which means glory of God alone. And really we see this in Jude chapter 1 verse 25. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. We also see in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all of it, all to the glory of God. And then our last one will be sola scriptura, which is in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Now, that's just really the five solas being opened up by Scripture to show us its truth in God's Word. But we are reformed by God's Word. Uh, we aren't just founded upon it, but and we have other things that we look at too. We have the doctrines of grace, uh, total depravity, that man is totally deprived uh, without God. So, Romans chapter 8, verses 7 through 8, For the mind is set on the flesh... Is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That one terrifies me because am am I always in the flesh? Am I never pleasing God? Uh, Romans chapter three, verses ten through eleven. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God, and that's so true. I don't. Uh, I always hear Christians say, oh, you know, I'm so glad I found God. No, God found you. God called you and gave you the um, efficacious call of love. Uh, it was him that called you home, that pulled on your heart and made you feel something about your sin. And then we have unconditional election. Um, now, I am i don't follow uh, necessarily all of the TULIP acronym. I like R.C. Sproul's version. If you want to look up a great acronym, he changes some of the letters. Uh, and you can look that up in What is Reformed Theologies by R.C. Sproul. If you go to Ligonier.org and just type in Reformed Theology, it's going to come up. I like all of these. They line up with Scripture. But um, I really think they the limited atonement part could, uh, you know, have some... Um, some interpretation that could go, and I think R.C. Sproul is going to do a better job of clearing that up than I can. But I want to look at the rest of it. So unconditional election means in John chapter 6, verse 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. There's the uh, efficacious call, and I will raise him up on the last day. Romans chapter 8, verse 29, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Limited atonement shows us in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. Those who find it are few. That is another one that strikes me 
uh, into my bloodstream when I hear that. I don't want to be found on that wide path. Matthew 26 verse 28. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Limited atonement. Acts 13.48 And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing, glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. So, however many were appointed believed. And then we see irresistible grace in the doctrines of grace, that John chapter 6, verse 37, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. Irresistible grace. I mean, what grace? better way to have grace than to be never cast out once believing? Romans chapter 8, verse 30, And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those who he justified, he also glorified. And our last point on the tulip ladder is the perseverance of the saints. John chapter 10, verse 28, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Truly, uh, and in John chapter 5, verse 24, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but he but has passed from death to life. Now, these passages of Scripture present literally the biblical case for Reformed theology doctrines, and memorizing them will benefit your spiritual growth as well. But I also want to talk about, I want to go back on a few things. And really, it's, it's Reformed theology clings to those five solas, the Scripture alone, the faith alone, God alone, the Word alone, and the Holy Spirit alone. Now, faith alone that you were saved is not of your own doing, but it's literally an act and work of God in us, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. We cannot earn salvation by a means of good works. It's just not possible. But we do not lose our righteousness in Christ when we commit sin. By faith alone, we were granted salvation through the work of Christ and the providence of God. So ultimately, Paul says it best in Galatians chapter 2, uh, verse 16. He says, Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. Super clear. Uh, I think... Honestly, the, the Reformed theology that came out of the Reformation from Luther and uh, John Calvin, John Knox, and uh, the most well-known Reformers, really, these men saw the deadness and the lack of commitment to God's Word in the church and began protesting it. And we need to do that today. The church is horrible. It is falling apart I've studied 48 churches here in Lakeland, Florida, and um, I will never mention no names, but these churches are, are not preaching the gospel. And not only that, they've have, they got these people in a, in a trance with the lights turned down, the smoke coming off the stage. I mean, it, it just looks like a concert anymore. And that is not the church. It never has been. It never will be. It's never going to feed those people the way they they need to hear the gospel. 
They need to hear the law plus the gospel, that we are dead unto our sins, but we can be saved unto Christ. They don't need to hear uh, 7-11 music, seven words said 11 times. Uh, we don't need that. That's just to get you into some kind of frenzy and make you feel something. And that's really what it is. It's all about feeling. They think they're feeling a spirit moving. Uh, we worshiped for 30 minutes. Yeah, but what did you worship? I mean, well, you're worshiping music. You're not worshiping Christ. We need to hear the word of God and be so filled by the spirit when we hear the word that we transform our lives to be more righteous and be more like Christ. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to tell you that the, the rock concert stage and rock preacher is not going to uh, obtain that for you. That comes through a right understanding of the doctrines of grace and the doctrines of God and proper theology and uh, systematic theology and understanding who God is. That's why reformed is so important. The five solas is in scripture. I mean, we can't ignore that. Uh, reformed theology is more than just five points of Calvinism. Uh, however, reformed theology stems far beyond predestination. And the five solas, and speaking beyond the doctrines of grace and salvation, it is the study and exaltation of God and His glory. When we're thinking about Reformed theology, we must remember that it's foremost a theology. Therefore, the whole Word of God should be taken into account, even His attributes, creation, mankind, fall, redemption, the whole entire story of the Bible is all about redemption, the end times. These are the things we need to look at. It's the proclamation of the whole counsel of God in as far as God has revealed it to us to know. Some of it we don't know and probably never will. Uh, so, you know, we won't, we're not going to argue and debate those, but those scriptures that which we can properly interpret through biblical hermeneutics and having our minds renewed through right prayer and right understanding of a, a proper orthodoxy and orthopraxis and orthopathos, we can come to know the truth. Um, Reformed theology does not promote lazy disciples, people who just go to church on Sunday and believe they don't have to study their Bible. Uh you know, you see that a lot. Reformed theology calls us to practical godliness. We need to use that and practice it. Reformed theology presents a larger view of God and a smaller view of self. It's not all about self and, oh, I worship for 20 minutes uh, a night at church, but we didn't hear anything about the gospel. It's just, it, it really gives a view of God on a, a, a such larger platform and takes the view of self as the lower and it really puts our sinful nature on the pedestal and allows us to see through the word of god who we are and why we need this i would feel the need to argue with someone who would suggest that it is not important to be reformed reformed theology is a system of doctrine that seeks to rightly articulate the teaching of scripture for the glory of god that's important now let's go back just a second and uh, look at a few more things that I think are important uh, before we end this lesson here. I want to look at on what it is and to be reformed and then look at on being reformed. So, so what makes a Christian reform? Well, it's the tradition that emerged from the Protestant uh, Christian tradition. 
the Reformation. So really, we need to know how to define Christian tradition and secondly, Protestant tradition. But the tradition is, uh, you know, comes and stems from the Catholic in the sense of universal, not Roman Catholic, but historically Catholic. Christianity is expressed, you know, out of the Nicene Creed, the Councils of Nicaea, um, the Westminster Confession of Faith. Uh, you know, to be catechized is really amazing. The very first catechism there is in the Westminster Confession of Faith is um, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. What is man's chief end? Is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. These things are so important for the Christian to know and to believe in. Reformed theology sustains faithful preaching and evokes continual praise. Uh, these are why it's so important for us to be Reformed. Reformed theology really celebrates the glory of God. Reformed theology uses logic but takes its stand on the Bible. Reformed theology helps us to understand and apply all of Scripture. Reformed theology is his historical and confessional. Reformed theology really holds to the ancient Catholic orthodoxy. Reformed theology exalts Jesus Christ as our uh, med mediator between God and man. Christ is everything to believers, Colossians 3.11. The Holy Scripture really teaches to count all things but loss for the excellency of knowledge of Christ. Jesus, my Lord, Philippians 3.8. Reformed theology presents a comprehensive worldview more than five points. And Reformed theology breathes a spirit of practical godliness. Reformed theology promotes evangelism and the mission work. Reformed theology, again, sustains faithful preaching and evokes continual praise. I think Reformed theology is what we should be doing the the church needs to be reformed it is it has fallen away we have lost the church again 48 churches i could not find one in my hometown that even does a half of a good job to get us to the law plus the gospel so i had to go all the way to sanford florida an hour and 25 minutes away just to attend church i mean this is this is sad on a, such a large scale that it really can't be explained and i'm still struggling myself to understand how we got there the only thing i can really come up with is that we've removed ourselves from these teachings the doctrines of grace the doctrines of salvation um the doctrine of eschatology eschatos the end times um the study of pneumatology, which all comes out of biblical theology, and then systematic theology has completely been removed from the Christian. Most Christians I know, and I know a lot of them, don't even know what systematic theology is, uh, have no definition of it, whether it's, you know, doctrine being systematized. Uh, they, don't, they don't know. They've never heard of biblical theology. And it's our job as a church to teach these things to the Christian. So I do that uh, most of the time every Monday in Lakeland, Florida at a clubhouse in our community to reach the people that I best can. Now, right now it's only four or five of them, but I will take even one. If we can get one to come to the true gospel, I will take that one. But I just wanted to do this message to give you what is Reformed theology and my best understanding of what it means to be Reformed. I will lead us out in prayer. Heavenly Father, I hope that you can 
reach the heart of the listener and the mind that you may reform them, that they may be renewed in the scriptures that they've heard today, that they they would take those in and study that word and uh, double check the facts, Lord, against you, that they would look at the Bible, your word, and make sure that what we're speaking about here tonight lines up with scripture, that it's not just a man speaking, but a vessel uh, for you, Lord, that we would make it clear to understand the word of God, that you would help us to do that through the Holy Spirit, and we would pray that you would guide us in that essence and and take us through that right understanding, through a right biblical study of hermeneutics, Lord, to find the truth laid on the pages of your word. We would pray this in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you guys again. And if you can donate, we would really need the donations. We really need the help for new equipment, software to be able to go live, uh, to be able to um, open up a Facebook page and a YouTube page and continue to grow that through some ads and really get involved to bring people to hear these podcasts. We would really like you to do so. If you can, please donate. Uh, monthly subscriptions, they start at a dollar all the way up to $10. If you can do that, we would ask that you would do that tonight, today, or when you hear this message. And again, thank you for listening to the podcast. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you have questions or want to talk with us, we are on Facebook at Theological Center for Truth, as always. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth.